I'd invite y'all to pray with me. Gracious and holy God, let us have those open open eyes and minds and hearts this day as we come to your word. Lord, it is a gift to us. Help us receive it as such. Allow your word and your spirit's movement through it to shape us and to call us to new life. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So our story this morning comes from the book of Exodus, uh, chapter 1, verse 22, and then the first 10 verses of chapter 2. Let's listen to God's word for us this day. Then Pharaoh commanded all his people, Every boy that is born to the Hebrews you shall throw into the Nile, but you shall let every girl live. Now a man from the house of Levi went and married a Levite woman. The woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was a fine baby, she hid him three months. When she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and plastered it with bitumen and pitch. She put the child in it and placed it among the reeds on the bank of the river. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. The daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river while her attendants walked beside the river. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her maid to bring it. When she opened it, she saw the child. He was crying, and she took pity on him. This must be one of the Hebrews' children, she said. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get you a nurse from the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Yes. So the girl went and called the child's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child and nurse it for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed it. And when the child grew up, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and she took him as her son. She named him Moses because, she said, I drew him out of the water. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Amen. So this is one of those stories from the Bible that children growing up in church are often taught at a young age. I think the fact that it features a baby has something to do with that. The story also lends itself to cute craft projects and creative activity ideas, too. Just Google baby Moses activities and you will see what I mean. I helped plan the recreation activities for our camp's youth conference last summer, which focused on the story of Moses. And I had this brilliant idea for this evening activity on the day we covered uh, Moses' birth story, a baby Moses regatta, where teams got bunches of materials and a baby doll and had so long to build Moses his floating basket before they had to put their baskets to the test through a floating race in our camp's pool. Somehow, my idea didn't make the activity cut. I found myself grateful for that as I sat with the story this week. Because a baby Moses basket regatta 
a bunch of kids screaming to teammates as they work to get their fake baby doll version of Moses to float from one side of a swimming pool to another so that they could win. Y'all, it just feels off when we really let ourselves dive deep into this scripture. It misses the point. Degrades what truly is a harrowing story if we let ourselves wade into it. Wading into the deep is what we are about as a community here. So let's get ourselves into the waters. The story of Exodus begins as the Israelite people are growing stronger in Egypt. In spirit and in number, so much so that Egypt's ruler Pharaoh perceives them as a threat. So Pharaoh makes them slaves to the Egyptian government, and they are forced to do difficult labor that benefited Egypt and its quest for power in the region. However, even under the strain of their enslavement, the Israelites continue to grow and multiply, so a new order is declared. Every Hebrew baby boy who is born must be killed, thrown into the Nile River to drown. I can kind of understand why, when it comes to this story, we prefer to focus on children's crafts, weaving little brown construction paper baskets, rather than taking in the horror of the reality scripture describes here. It's way more pleasant to picture a tiny little baby smiling happily in a snug little basket floating down the river peacefully instead of what the scene in that riverside would have been in this season of genocide. I cannot imagine what reality would have felt like for Moses' mother. What it would have been like to be a Hebrew woman pregnant in that time, hoping and praying your baby would be born a girl so she would be safe, terrified of what you would have to face if you were given a son. I cannot imagine that moment when Moses was born. The joy of this new life breaking into the world, coupled with the pain that came with knowing just how vulnerable that new life was because of Pharaoh's decree. All of those precious moments in those first days and weeks, a mother bonding and caring for her little one, overshadowed by the threat of death. God created us out of love for life. Scripture tells us that God is love, and the force of that love creates and sustains life. Scripture also tells us that we were created in the image of our God. We were created out of love for love. We were created out of love for life. God longs for life for us, God's children. It's a longing God has birthed within us as well. As we watch the story unfold at the Nile River, we watch that longing inspire three women to do courageous and creative things that lead to life. Life for this child that connects them, life for the people of God this child will one day lead. Moses' mother resists. She does not throw her son into the Nile to drown, nor does she provide anyone else the chance to do so. She hides him for as long as she can. 
And then when she cannot hide him any longer, when she knows to the Nile he must go, she takes a basket and uses bitumen and pitch to make it waterproof, to keep the baby dry and warm, to keep him afloat. I cannot imagine the desperation and pain she must have felt as she was preparing that basket for him cannot imagine what it would have taken for her to place her three-month-old son in it and set him afloat on that river. As we wade deep into the waters of the story, we see the force of her love, the force of her longing for life for her child. Moses' sister is also present here in these deep waters of the story. She was born a girl allowed to grow in her mother's arms, in her mother's homes, home because she was not a threat to Pharaoh. Little did he know what women could do. It's hard to imagine what it felt like for her as well, how much she understood as her mother placed that basket in the Nile's waters. Her presence along the riverbank, her following the basket as it floated upon the river's waters, her watching from a distance to see what would become of her brother, gives you a sense that she knows what is at stake here. She knows that his life hangs in the balance. We witness her own creative and courageous act when she approaches Pharaoh's daughter, who has just found her brother at the river's edge. She crosses all of these boundaries and divides to bravely ask a question that will lead to life for her brother, for her mother, for her family, for her people. Shall I go and get a nurse from among the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? From the second Pharaoh's daughter enters the scene, we recognize how different life is for her. As we're introduced to her, there are all of these signs of her position and the privileges it affords her. She is headed to the Nile to bathe, an action that is luxurious in and of itself when compared to the work and toil the Israelites faced day in and day out. She's accompanied by attendants, people whose job it is to wait on her, When she sees the basket in the water, she does not go for it herself, but instead sends her maid, her servant, to get it for her. Yet despite the differences in class, ethnicity, citizenship, and position between her and Moses' mother and sister, we watch her respond to her encounter with Moses with their same creativity and courage. She opens the basket, and scripture tells us she saw the child. She takes in this baby and maybe for the first time realizes the weight of her father's decree. She sees this one wriggling, crying, tiny baby boy with ten fingers and ten toes and sees, really sees, maybe for the first time the consequences of her father's actions. 
As the baby cries, she is moved with pity, compassion, empathy. And she recognizes that this is one of the Hebrew children she has heard about. And in that moment, she decides to embark on her own resistance. Moses' sister courageously approaches her about finding a nurse for the boy. And Pharaoh's daughter responds with one small three-letter word that in this moment is so powerful. Yes, she says. In complete and utter defiance of her father's will and the death-dealing force it was in her world, she says yes. Yes to this little one's life and yes to the future it will hold. God will use her yes and transform it into a yes for the life of his people. She brings the child back to his mother who nurses and raises him until he is grown enough to return to the palace where he takes his place as her son. God created us out of love for life. We were created in the image of our God. God's love is an inherent part of our beings. God's longing for life is inherent within us as well. We were created in the image of the creator, which means we are meant to be co-creators with our God. We are meant to use our creativity, our courage, in ways that are life-giving in the world. We are meant to resist forces that are death-dealing in our world today. And y'all, we all know that there are plenty of them to resist. We are called to say yes to life with a whole lot of love in our hearts again and again and again. What that means is that when a basket comes floating into the waters of our own lives, we go and check it out. My guess is most of us don't have 24-7 maids at our disposal, so that means wading into the water to see what God has sent our way. It means opening the basket and seeing what God has in store for us there. It means allowing our hearts and minds and spirits and souls to be open enough so that we can see not with the many lenses, the many prejudices we have been conditioned to see with, but instead with the eyes of God. It means courageously taking creative action. It means saying yes. Yes to life and to love. Again and again and again. This week, the New York Times featured an article about one of our Presbyterian camps and conference centers, Mo Ranch, that's located in the Texas Hill Country. A few years back, Dick Powell, the president of the center, started paying attention to the kids that were being sent down the river. Mo Ranch is located on the Great Guadalupe to attend a week of camp each summer. And realized that a whole region of kids from that great state of Texas were missing from their programs. Instead of opening a basket and seeing who had God sent his way like Pharaoh's daughter, for Pal, it was opening the basket and realizing who was missing. 
there were hardly any children and youth from the Rio Grande Valley that were attending their camps and conferences. And when Powell started investigating, he learned that was keeping those children and youth away were the border checkpoints located 25 to 75 miles in on the highways that led north towards the hill country and Mo Ranch. Powell decided that if those children and youth couldn't come north, then their camp would have to travel south. In his interview with the Times, he says, As a Christian, we believe that everyone, everyone is a child of God and created in God's image. I can't allow some artificial barrier to separate our mission and ministry. They may not be able to come north, but we, we can go south. For the past four summers, the camp has migrated south to a small retreat center outside of Edinburgh, Texas, just north of the border town of McAllen, and hosted a week of camp for children and youth of the valley. One of the youth they've been serving during that time is Clara. Clara is 17, lives in Brownsville, and dreams of becoming a surgical nurse. She said she's felt the stigma associated with growing up along the border. Many people believe like, oh, you're from the valley? Your parents are Mexicans? You're probably not going to go to college. You're probably not going to make it. But she said, you have to keep moving forward and be like, oh, no, I'm different. I am going to make it to college. I am going to be someone in my life. Another 17-year-old student, Vanessa, spoke about what she has learned attending the camp over these years. I learned how to forgive people, even though they give me the hardest time. I just can't hate anymore, because this camp taught me so much. Mo Ranch charges parents and families of students only $25 a week for camp though it cost them about $50,000 to run the program. When you think about it, it isn't just Mo Ranch's leader whose yes is leading to life through this program. It's donors who said yes and made a gift. It's camp counselors who said yes and showed up to serve. It's parents who said yes and entrusted their children into the hands of strangers. It's youth who said yes and entrusted their hearts into the hands of God. Y'all, the problems of our world are overwhelming. There are so many destructive forces at work within it. There is no way we can respond to them all. There is no way the responses we do make will solve them all. A week of camp will not solve all the problems youth like Vanessa and Clara are facing, but it's clearly making a difference. Our God is the great creator. We are just called to play our small part in God's grand creative work. We're called to discover what our God is inviting us to say yes to. What's in that basket that comes floating down our river? What courageous and creative action our God is asking us to take. And then to watch how our God transforms our yes, our action, into life. Amen.
Amen.